Hi there, and welcome to Isometric Gaming with Perspective. This episode of Isometric is brought to you by Hover.com, and we will tell you all about them later. For now, my name is Steve Lubitz, and I am here, as always, with a Games Boss at Giant Space Capriana Wu. How you doing, Bree? Oh. <laughs> all I hear is ringing. I am bringing the energy. And the Mack truck of awesomeness that will pull isometric past the finish line. <laughs> We're like really late to the finish line this week, too. We're recording a couple days late for us. Just just because we're recording when we normally release the show, you know, that doesn't mean that anything. <laughs> That's right. We're going to make it, though. It's like the final Mario Kart race where, like, we're lagging behind in 12th place and everybody else in the room is like, come on, you can do it. This That's has us. been the rainbow road of isometric scheduling this week, so. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, yeah. before we keep going, I have a question. George, are you awake? <sighs> <laughs> I am really awake. You don't have to do that again. I promise I'm actually really awake. I'm good. Because I feel like I have the Jack Bauer technique from last week, Georgia. If you do no. fall asleep, you know. No, so. don't do that again. Georgia, wake up. I'm good. Georgia, wake okay. up! Wake up. No! Wake I'm up! Awake. I'm awake. Be more awake! <laughs> this is, this is going to be giving me, like, a deja vu to when I was in my daughter's room this morning and trying to get her out of bed, so... <laughs> Except I had to bang on a metal bucket that she has in her room for some reason oh to try to wake gosh. her up. Yeah. Wow. I'm the, I'm the worst dad ever. Is, is what Imagine I am. what it's going to be like when she's a teenager. It's all uh, I'm just not going to try Steve. anymore. I'm just going to you know <laughs> leave the house. See, now she's at the age where I don't. I can't leave the house without her. And when she's a teenager, I can just leave her and she'll she'll be fine. Or you know, have a oh, wild party or whatever. It'll you be don't fine. let her sleep. <laughs> it was like 10:30 in the morning. What? I sleep till like 10:30 every day. But you're you're a grown up. I have yeah. very few I have very few powers left, Bree. This Why is Why do you have to like make your life miserable? Like let's My job is a dad. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's sleeping her body needs that. Like you should respect like uh, you know, you should respect the sleep. Respect the respect sleep. Respect the sleep. Yeah. That's 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 our new motto, respect the sleep. Respect the sleep. Except for today when we're not letting George sleep because we have to do a show. No, right. you don't respect George's sleep. <laughs> okay, well then I better I better introduce Maddie Maddie or quickly so that Georgia can talk. But... Yeah, and I have a pretty cool yeah. intro this week, Steve. Woo! Yeah, so we have uh, editor at the Mary Sue, Maddie Myers. How are you doing, Maddie? Woo! Wait, wait, wait. What? <laughs> That's not my normal intro. What's no, go- what's going isn't. on? I got a new job. I got a new job and I don't start it until tomorrow. So, um, I'm going to be an editor at the Mary Sue and I'm going to be doing editorials and I'm going to hopefully help them make a podcast of their own and do some videos and it's going to be really fun and I'm really excited. And it's Yay. it's sad that Sam Mags and Jill have left the site um, and I've talked to them about it and stuff and it's it's sad. But I'm I'm hoping that now that I'm coming on board, there's going to be some good changes and hopefully some happier writers. <laughs> and yeah, I'm really hopeful about it. And hopefully there won't be any more burnout from reporters. I know that's a big problem in online media. A lot of overworked uh, media writers out there. So I'm imposing lunch breaks. <laughs> I'm, I'm making a lot of changes at the Mary Sue. Hopefully Street Fighter tournament every day at lunch. Yeah, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of SF4 there. I don't know. So I'm I'm hopeful about it. Um, if I crash and burn, y'all can hear all my horror stories later. But for the moment, I'm very optimistic and excited. 
Yeah, something Woo! I had I had dinner with a ton of you know Mary Sue writers on what day was it Thursday Friday, like I had, I yeah, had, had dinner with Jill and Susanna and yeah Carolyn. I had some long Skype calls with them too. Oh so, yeah. Yeah, yeah no they're um I'm I'm actually I'm kind of jealous because like I'm <laughs> hanging out with them I'm like wow this would be a cool place to work with these people like none of them work there anymore except Carolyn, well, Carolyn but does yeah do. yeah. yeah. She's really awesome. So. She is. And um, I met some other people there and they're all really cool. It seems like a place with a lot of really talented people. And Yay. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really excited to work with them. Well, we're, we're all very happy for you, Maddie. Yay. Thank yeah. you. Anyway, there's somebody else on this show, too, even though she is very sleepy. Yeah, so we also have a <laughs> psychotherapist and a senior editor from iMore.com and hibernation, hibernation expert, Georgia Dow. Uh, how are you doing, Georgia? <laughs> I'm really tired. <laughs> Do pandas hibernate? I feel like I should know that. Well, they are real bears. That's true. They are real bears. I've been told they're real bears, and as far as I know, real bears do hibernate. So, yeah. I'm going to Google it. Somebody, Somebody... <laughs> talk about something else while i google this panda fact i don't know how cold it is where they live so i don't know if they would need to hibernate apparently they don't they don't hibernate so georgia you have to stay up because you can't yeah georgia in freddie versus jason they they kept taking caffeine pills so they wouldn't fall asleep so freddie krueger would not invade their dreams and kill them so i just want you know the stakes aren't quite that high an isometric this week but they are very high so we're counting on you to stay awake so so brie can i just clarify that did you just say that if georgia falls asleep you're gonna haunt her dreams no, no. I said Freddy Krueger might. If this were a Freddy Krueger movie, and it's not. Also, Freddy versus Jason is a good movie. Go watch that. Sure. I'll put that on my list. <laughs> okay. I don't think I'm going to watch that. I don't watch horror movies. <gasps> I've already watched it. I watch Alien. That's I've already scary. watched it. You don't it. like horror movies? What the freaking Because I get nightmares. And then We've had I this conversation. Well. I think oh. we have. Anyway. Yeah, I remember oh. this because Maddie oh. was backing me up except for Alien. Judge. I was, but that's because Alien is a horror movie, but it's also very beautifully done. So I'm willing to get over how scary it is for the sake of cinematography. But Steve doesn't care about that, so he's exempt. Oh. Well, I, anyway. actually, I actually watched an X-Men movie this week, but that's this weekend, but that's beside Did the point. Did you like it? Yeah, first class. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I liked it. Oh, that, that movie is great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah let's and, talk and now and so. now I sympathize with Magneto, which is kind of a weird thing. But you know, mm, what are you yeah, do? Magneto Aww. was right. But anyway, yeah. anyway. on to video games. Anyway, video games. So so why don't we talk about drugs? How about that? Yeah, let's talk about drugs. <laughs> we'll talk about drugs that Georgia could probably use to stay awake through the podcast. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, in this case, we are talking about amphetamines. So, yeah, staying awake type of drugs as opposed to sleepy drugs. There was a tournament of Counter-Strike Go, which had a $250,000 uh, prize pool. And they were talking to, I think, one of the winners or someone who was competing at, at the high level, and they were t asking him about the calls that they make. So apparently one player on a Counter-Strike team, and Maddie, maybe you can explain this better than I can because I've played about 15 minutes of Counter-Strike, but um, <laughs> the, apparently one person on a, a Counter-Strike team serves as the caller, who's the person who's like telling everyone else where they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to be doing at any given time. And mm -hmm. so they were asking him about the calls that he was making and how they sounded kind of weird. And his response was, uh, I don't even care. We were all on Adderall. I don't even give an F. It was pretty obvious if you listen to the comms, people can hate it or whatever. So. <laughs> A responsible individual. Yeah. Clearly. 
Pro gaming, a real important, great job that you should encourage your children to get into. <laughs> so um, this has been kind of a, a suspicion for a long time that there was a lot of, of drug abuse and, and specifically Adderall abuse or, or this type of drug uh, because it helps you focus for long periods of time and helps you ward off fatigue. There were scandals in a number of games like League of Legends and... Um, and Call of Duty and some other things where people were generally being accused of being on Adderall during tournaments. But this is the first time that somebody's actually come out and and just said it. So now they're on the same level as Major League Baseball. Right. Except that as far as I know, this stuff isn't outlawed in esports yet, in part because esports doesn't really have the same regulations that other sports do yet. And I... I don't know. I, just to kick things off, personally, I actually do think that they should regulate this. <laughs> I... I I don't know how everybody else is going to feel because we haven't discussed this ahead of time at all. But but personally, I, I've i always wondered, because I knew a lot of people in college who abused Adderall and Ritalin um, for getting their papers done at the last minute. And um, I did play a lot of Counter-Strike during that time. And I always kind of wondered whether people were abusing it in the pro community. I never knew anybody who did, but I knew people who did for other things in their life. So the logic followed. I thought like, somebody somewhere has got to be doing this. Not me. I was a total straight edge nerd the whole time. No surprise there. But uh, I, it's just something I wondered about. So it's, it's cool to see somebody actually admitting that it does happen, but I don't think it's right. And I don't think it's fair to the other players to, to have an advantage. Although whether or not it actually is an advantage, I, I don't know because I can't really speak to that. Anyway, we do have somebody on this show who might know whether or not it's an advantage. <laughs> well, I mean, Georgia, you, you, I mean, I, I'm the one who takes Adderall for medicinal purposes, which is different. But I mean, you, I, I know you don't prescribe it, but you work with people who are taking Adderall. Do you want to, does this, is this the kind of thing that you think would make that much of a difference if somebody was, was taking it in large doses in order to help themselves through a match or? Yeah, it would. It would. It does. It does. Even if you don't need it, it, and and that's the thing is that Adderall will work to help anyone's concentration, hand-eye coordination, um, a little bit of speed. Um, it it ends up binding um, to the ends of synapses, and it it ends up doing um, like it works as like norepinephrine and dopamine in the brain. And it not only does that, but it also gets rid of the transportation out of that. So it's almost like Adderall is like flooding the brain with an amp up, feel good, be calm, be alert, be euphoric and ready for everything. And it also decreases, like it keeps that going for the entire time. And so that's why um, I think it's like a Schedule two controlled substance because there is a high risk of dependence just like any other, uh, like adrenaline-like, you know, speed up amphetamine. So, yeah, it works. It works really well. And it's rampant among people that are studying for tests, having to do a lot of performances, um, going on stages, and it works exceptionally well for people that game. You will game better on it, which is a horrible thing to say because it does carry risks. This is not something that you should be with with no other reason. It, it really does have a whole bunch of side effects because it doesn't just work in the brain. You it and like have um, responses if you stop taking it? Well, you miss that feeling of being really with it. And it also, like at the end, you also can end up with cardiovascular, you know, effects, hypertension, um, tachycardia, which, you know, erectile dysfunction, um, dry mouth, right? Like 
all kinds of different things, um, difficulty sleeping, you know, anxiety, depression, it can have a whole bunch of negative side effects as well. So it shouldn't be something that you think, well, because it works and it works relatively effectively, um, it's something that people should deal with. But we're talking about people that are getting a whole bunch of money. And if you play better, that could be the difference between you getting sponsorship and you not. Yeah, yeah. I feel like... Uh, the side effects that you're describing to my ears don't sound bad enough that if I were a pro player, I would just be like, I guess that's too bad. I'm just going to do this because everybody else on my team says I have to do it. And my coach is really encouraging me to take it. I don't know if that's the situation, but if the effects are as good as you say, then I can't imagine that that's not the situation. You know, like there's, it's getting to a point with esports where there's a lot of money riding on the line for like winning a competition yeah. And yeah. like sponsorships and stuff. And that's only going to continue to happen as esports becomes more and more of a thing, which I mean, I think it's really great that esports is becoming more and more of a thing. I like really enjoyed watching all the Evo streams this weekend. It was really fun. I'm really excited about it. But I don't like the idea of this being part of it and like being a danger for people who are getting interested in pro gaming. But I what happens if someone actually needs it? Like if someone is dealing with severe ADHD and then they should be on it. And then if they get tested for it, they're going to going to be, you know, banned. Well, yeah, you would have to like have a little doctor's note, right? Yeah. Well, that's what happens. In, that's what happens in pro sports. I mean, I play fantasy football and this comes up every so often. And usually what will happen is that Adderall in the NFL is a is a restricted substance. But if they can prove that they have a prescription for it and that they're taking the amount that they're supposed to be taking, then it's permitted. But that's a different when you're dealing with like the NFL as opposed to like random uh, random tournament that may or may not have somebody who is going to be qualified to drug testing and be qualified to make that call. Something I've talked about openly on this show before is, you know, I've been to rehab for, you know, addiction, specifically addiction to uh, benzodiazepines, specifically through Ambien, uh, which I think it's also a Schedule two, 2 drug. And, you know, George, is something I learned in um, rehab is a lot of people that do have that addictive tendency, like... Um, one of the things we've really noticed is the the rise of polyaddictive uh, disorders, meaning like you are addicted to anything that can kind of um, you know, fill that hole that's mm -hmm. inside of you. So, um, you know, this is an amphetamine, but it's not a benzodiazepine. Like, do you get a high from taking it? I mean, what? And, and I guess my other question is. When you're taking Ambien or you're addicted to something, um, it causes chaos in the the rest of your life right like if you're addicted to xanax mm -hmm. um it will certainly calm you down but you'll find yourself getting panic attacks for no reason because your body like wants that to just feel calm and normal yeah. like i realize this drug like many drugs can be used for positive purposes like you steve but like what's the the downside for someone addicted to this like what is what is the other end of that 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 pendulum you know, you have to know you, but it's more addictive because of how it makes you better. So mm. bec because of that and because going off of it, you might feel more anxious, you might feel more depressed, you might not be able to focus more because you're using this in order to help you do it. And so you're going through that withdrawal to it. Pers now, I'm not an addiction specialist, though I do deal a lot with medications, um, but I've never had anyone that's addicted to um, Adderall. I, like never. And again, I see a lot of people, but I'm seeing them usually for depression and anxiety. So it is not a highly addictive substance in that way. 
but it is addictive in the way that, you know, you're on something that's going to make you better. It's, it's similar to something like steroid use. Like you like being better and stronger and having to deal with it. It's hard to give that up because of it, even if there are negative side effects that you have to go into. So it would not be the same thing of the type of withdrawal that you would have from being on something that makes you happy, though it does make you feel relaxed and chill and good. But it is mm. not the same level of like, you know, going through something like an Ambien or, you know, uh, uh, different types of painkillers that also can have like a very strong addictive quality. But you need to know, like, you know, especially if you have a, an addictive personality or even if you don't, where your addictions can lie. So there's certain things that you have to say, you know what, this could be a dangerous slippery slope for me versus this wouldn't. And it's, it's you know, it's hard. You know, I think that most people could probably go to their doctor and ask for a prescription and, you know, it can be abused. Like, how does the doctor really know, you know, how good your attention span is and what you need this for? And so those are the type of things that it becomes a difficult area, you know, to kind of tread down because I know a lot of doctors that would give many prescriptions because they believe what you're saying. And then someone's saying it for a different reason, um, the good or the bad of that. And it, it becomes really difficult for them to tell them there's no you know, actual tests for how good your, you know, it's all about personal, you know, description of how good is your attention span? What are you going through? What is happening with you? And so because of that, you know, people could even get proper prescriptions, though they don't really need it. Steve, you've been up and down. I mean, I hope this is okay to say on the show, but, you know, we often, when you first got on Adderall, you would kind of be dragging on the show. And you've actually had to schedule when you take it around the podcast because there does seem to be a big drag that you get after it kicks out. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, is that that accurate? Yeah, and and I mean, I think that the problems that you're going to have with doing it is not as much, I, I mean... I, there's another article that came out a couple months ago from Eurogamer that was talking about this on kind of a, a broader scale that was talking about some of the players and like what they were doing that were talking off the record. And I'm not so sure. There were some people in that in that article who were saying that they did get addicted to it and that it, it was – the effects were a lot like crystal meth even. But I think the problem that a lot of these people are having is that they're taking like incredibly large doses and that's – where the problem would be not so much from the the addiction part of it but one of these people is saying that he's taking like a 30 milligram instant release pill and that is a an incredibly large dose of, of Adderall and so the problems that that I had when I went on to it is that my blood pressure was high and they were very concerned that um if I were to take yeah. it that yeah. I could do damage to my heart and and yeah. we've we've kind of we've had to do a lot of testing and make sure that that wasn't going to be a problem. But, I mean, taking a huge dose like that, even if you have a healthy heart, that's releasing a ton of, you know, a ton of these amphetamines into your system, and it could cause some sort of heart damage or a heart attack, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the kind of thing that I would be I would be more concerned about than more of, like, the long-term addiction, just that they would just overdo it. Because, I mean, eventually, it's not going to do as much when you're taking it that much you have for a, a long dependency time. on it. Yeah. Especially if you don't actually have any like dopamine issue in your brain to start with that it's regulating. If you just have a normal brain or normal, sorry, I don't know. No, none of um, us, none of us <laughs> have a normal brain just so that everyone well, knows. Yeah. If your there dopamine is no response brain. is, you know, doesn't need any extra boost, then, yeah. then presumably you're doing some sort of damage by like altering it. Right. I mean, that just seems like basic 
duh to me. <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't know. It mostly scares me because a lot. I know a lot of kids in esports are kids. Like they're really young and they're in situations where like a lot of bad decisions are made for them. Maybe like I have definitely read horror stories about like money ending up in the wrong hands and like a lot of these teams have really young, disorganized people who are dealing with a lot of money and like don't really know how to run a business yet. Like I've read horror stories along those lines. So I'm sort of imagining that bad team management of young people combined with drugs and i'm like great we're gonna read some horror stories about this soon like as esports becomes more and more of a problem and that's really unfortunate so i'm glad we're talking about it on this show and i hope that somebody out there listening talks to a friend if they think that their friend is getting into this stuff and um yeah tell them that you're worried if you know a pro gamer who might be doing this I, I guess I would have to say this, Maddie. Like at the the start of the show, you were advocating, like you know, drug testing for esports, and you know, yeah, I think this only is only for this. I don't know if I care about people like doing pot. I mean, if they want to do that, that's all good. <laughs> but like for this, I don't know. Only because it could give an advantage, right? I think this is where you know I put on like businesswoman hat, Brianna, and um, you know, it seems to me that this is a very young sport that's starting off so if you're talking about like instituting mandatory drug tests oh, for that that's something happen. i mean like realism maddie knows it won't happen i think if you're talking about instituting mandatory drug tests for this i think that's something that has a very significant dollar value attached to that like you've got to um you know not just the the drug testing also the oversight like you've got to have i i don't know what the the test would be for adderall if it would be blood or urine but then you've got to like hire someone to go watch people pee in a cup you know um it just seems for to me like an industry that is really starting out um seems like that cost really would it doesn't feel like it would really be warranted uh for this at at this point i also you know like i i also really believe in industry self-regulation you know for things like this and i i kind of i don't know i think like some people confessing that they're taking it on a live stream um you know that to me does not rise to a point where we need to kind of institute a mandatory policy across the entire across an emerging sport so um i personally would take more of a wait and see approach the the one business cost that it could have is that if esports becomes synonymous with doping in, in terms of Adderall, then that could damage the sport before it gets a chance to get big, and then that could be the business cost for it. I mean, you know, it, it seems like a really long time ago, but the whole steroid scandal nearly nearly destroyed baseball. I mean, it probably it never got quite to that point, but it hurt its reputation for a very long time. And if it was something like esports, where in the state where it is now, where if it becomes synonymous with doping, then it may never get a chance to get big enough to to the point where you might think that it would be warranted, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it's a tough scenario, but I mean, it's just now starting to get legitimacy. I mean, you had um, Heroes of the Dorm on ESPN two uh, a couple of months ago which was a Heroes of the Storm uh, tournament. And you're starting to see a little bit of esports coverage on, you know, on, on mainstream television. And if something like this were to get out in one of those tournaments, then that could really kill, kill the, the, the whole idea of esports or at least postpone it for a really long time. But if you're you're getting in there and making a big policy to do this, then that's going to – it's often like for me in my you know, position as someone that 
everything I say is kind of poured over sometimes. Like, very often I make a choice to not talk about things because it, it draws more attention to it ultimately. Let me give you an example. Um, there's a game, Kickstarter, that's out right now. It's uh, some really abhorrent content that kind of targets me personally and some other people personally. Um, I haven't said anything about it. It's failing. Because, like, if I came out there and, and said a bunch of stuff publicly, it would, like, actually shine a bigger light on it and make it a bigger deal, sure, right? Sure. So if you're going through and, like, instituting that policy right now, um, I think the conversation would turn into, why are you doing that? Ah, oh, stupid SJWs getting involved again. <laughs> and it would it would just oh, yeah. turn into a whole yeah. – it would, it would turn yeah. into a, a, a cluster. Bree's yeah. making us you know? get tested. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, Brianna Wu yeah. wants us to get tested. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. She wants to ruin video well, games. Well, it would yeah. be me in this case, I guess. But um, No, you I, see, but Brie would take the heat anyways. Even if I said it, Brie would take the heat, yeah. right? It would be like, Brie was totally supporting this. and we, that, I think Brie know. says everything we ever do on the show, right? She's all three <laughs> yeah. of That's four right. That's yeah. um, and, no, and nobody can tell the three of you apart anyway. Yeah. That's right. That's right. She's doing um, different voices for us I, I feel like the opposite is what really will happen, which is that esports will become more and more prominent Drug use will continue to happen in it and people will be pressured to continue to do it to the point where it's just considered normal among esports players. And then once it gets to the point where esports is on TV and it's normalized here in the States, then eventually this scandal will happen like, you know, five, 10 years from now. And then people will be like, OK, I guess we should impose testing now that people have already been abusing the drug forever and like set a particular standard and per- perhaps already suffered from heart problems or other physical problems. So it's like, that's what I think will happen. I just think that that trajectory is really depressing because it involves people getting hurt and that's sad. So I guess all I can really do is say like, if you know somebody who's in this situation, like talk to them about it. But other than that, I don't really have any pull here. I just think it's too bad. Yeah, I mean, it's it may end up that, you know, maybe nothing will happen or maybe it'll end up like, you know, like pro cycling where it became synonymous with blood doping. Right. Or like it's something where it's just accepted behind closed doors. But like if people knew about it publicly, they wouldn't condone it. But behind closed doors, it's so normalized that, quote unquote, everybody does it. I don't know. I have a feeling that's already the level that it's at. It sounds like it might be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess we're already talking about it as though it were as though it is. It, so we kind it, of well, have that based on yeah. how this guy is talking and like these other articles that we've seen. Also, just because it wouldn't surprise me, like I've always suspected that this was happening just based on the fact that I knew so many people who abused the drug in other ways of their lives that I just assumed that esports players must be too because I have no faith in human nature, I guess. So yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I I guess this is just like confirming a suspicion I already had. But I, yeah. I, I do have to say this. And you know, I think I think we should move on. But you know uh so you know Maddie, when I look at Evo coverage, I mean a lot of people there don't strike me as like people that go work out for an hour a day, you know. And I also think like this is a lot of the people I've met they're kind of on that tournament scene like the 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 ability to like kind of get out there make your name make some real money get access to things like health insurance you know have have <laughs> money like that's that's a non trivial thing and you know I think I think sadly, like when I look at people that are you know, teens and 20 year olds today, I see a generation that's really been given an unfair economic deal. And I, you know, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying that 
I, I think for a lot of esports people, I think that this is probably going to be more of a positive thing in their life overall. Like, you know, money helps is very highly correlated to longer lifespans, you know? So I don't know, kind of, I, I think it's worth thinking about, you know, nanny state and, and babysitting. I, I think it's worth thinking about. Well, we're never going to agree there. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, I guess we should we should probably take a break. And uh, we can tell you this week about a new sponsor to Isometric, which Woo! is Hover.com. And Hover.com is the best place for you to go and register a domain name. If you're thinking about pretty much doing anything on the internet right now, you need to have a domain that works with that project. And Hover is really the easiest way that you can go and just go get whatever domain you want very quickly and very inexpensively. And then you'll be on your way. Um, they will you, – you plug in whatever you're thinking about. They'll plug in every domain you could possibly think of, including all of those newfangled, weird uh, thir- new domains like uh, .ninja and .hiphop and dot, dot pink dot, and yeah, blah, blah, yeah. Yeah, and, and <laughs> dot wor- dot .wedding. You know, if you want to make a wedding site, you can get .wedding. Um, and it will bring all that together. We could, uh, we could register isometric.works if we wanted to. But uh, <laughs> or you could register it for yeah. us and put a panda there. Oh, I could. I could just put a picture of a of a of a tiny cuddly panda there. I meant like the proverbial listener, Steve. But you also. I could, I do, could do that too, but you know, so security is always included for no extra cost, which is really the way that it should be. And if you're registering a personal website, you you want that. You don't want somebody getting your personal information just because you happen to register a website. And they take care of – they'll even take care of transferring all of your domains over from another registrar if you happen to – if you don't want to do it yourself. I mean they give you fantastic directions and I've done it. I've gone from another registrar, brought everything over to Hover and I did it in like an hour and it was super easy. But even if you don't have that kind of time, you can just hand them all of the credentials and they'll do everything for you and there's no charge for it. So wait, wait, wait. OK. So if I want to set up a domain name today called – Text georgiadow.enterprises and then write a script on my on my Mac that will if you like sense a like a fill out a form on this website that it will go and like like paste data into iMessages and text Georgia whatever you want to say to her. They could help me do that. They could get me that domain name, TextGeorgia.Enterprises. You can call them and oh, they will God. pick up the phone immediately and help you uh help you bother Georgia on a regular basis. They, this needs well, to happen. Wow. Yes. It is truly living in the future. I know. It, it's it's <laughs> magical. It's almost magical is what it is. So Almost. Uh, almost. It's, it's technological. And I had to search just in case there already was one. Okay. <laughs> We're safe so far. Uh, what about textgeorgiadow.experts? Mm, Does that exist? Yeah. yeah. You could even set up an email address at georgiadow.experts. <laughs> And they have email, too, and they can forward or you can get their whole uh, email service. Either way, whatever you want. You know, if this if this sounds like something you could use, you can go oh, yeah. and get 10% off your first purchase by going to Hover.com and using the, the offer code FANDA, F-A-N-D-A, at checkout, and you will get 10% off your first purchase. That makes it worthwhile. Even if you don't want to, you should use, do that so you can type in FANDA. Yeah, that that's the, you know, even if you don't have to register a domain, just go there so that you can type in Fanda and get exactly. 10% off. And then but let wait, me know. Wait, if I start with enterprises and then expand that to enterprises, will I get 10% off that too? If you buy them all at the same time, I think you will. Yes! 
all. Yeah. You gotta make sure to get all of your domains for that one purchase. We're all going to be getting a lot of text messages very, very shortly. One can only no, hope. not for me. I'm I'm not sending them to you. It's not my fault. <laughs> right. Okay. You're just the courier. Yeah. I I like Achan. I'm content neutral. I can't. It's free speech. <laughs> oh, oh. I can't even respond. As to long that as joke we're not being controversial. Yeah. Mean, so I won't. Anyway, before before we before we completely <laughs> offend our sponsor, sponsor, let me write, wrap up the ad. So. Hover's so, great. So thank you so much to Hover for uh, sponsoring Isometric and all of Relay FM. Yay! Hover really is cool. So Brie has a mystery topic, and after that, I don't know <laughs> so how I feel about a Brianna Wu mystery topic. Why? But... <laughs> Why? Why? The innocent what? <laughs> don't even. No, this is a this is a really serious topic that oh. um, is not talked about in our industry. Um, so you know, um, God. So I got a phone call yesterday when um, I was I was getting on the train back to Boston and I had a long talk with the vice reporter that's doing a piece that's coming out this week. Um, and this is a really serious topic that we need to talk about. Um, you know, it's it's fair to say that transgender issues have been in the news a lot this year. And thank God, since, you know, 40% of transgender people will attempt suicide over the course of their lives, um, mostly because everything in society disrespects them all the time. So um, there's a rumor about the new Metal Gear Solid game that's coming out that is, um, it's it's tremendously disturbing, if true. So what I want to do is kind of talk about the rumor. I want to talk about some of the science involved, and then, you know, kick that off for kind of more of a discussion here. So um, did anyone else here play uh, Metal Gear Ground Zeroes when that came out? I didn't because I heard about some of the content. In yeah, it, which you're probably about to delve. I into. am about to okay. talk about it. <laughs> no, I have um, yeah. So, um, first of all, it's a solid game, but um, as well as like a, a bomb being put inside this woman for her to just die for no reason. Um, you, you save this very young boy named Chico. And um, if you listen to some of the expanded tapes, you see that Chico was sexually abused and um, forced to, by the soldiers, to sexually sexually abuse other people, which is really sexual abuse. So the rumor that has come out with some um, fan videos is, um, you know, there's been a lot of critique of quiet and Quiet's uh, design in Metal Gear. Um, she's a extremely over-sexualized character. Um, you know, she's wearing, like, ripped stockings. She doesn't have on any pants or any armor. Um, you know, she has really large breasts that are just kind of out there. I mean, she's she's for all, she's pretty much nude. Um, and, you know, I, along with other people, have been very critical of that. So one of the rumors that's out there on the internet that uh, has some credibility behind it, and um, you know, Kojima has actually kind of given a sly wink and a nod to it in some of his uh, press appearances, is that uh, Quiet is actually Chico, and because of the uh, sexual abuse that uh, Chico went through, um, that character decided to self-castrate uh, so that they wouldn't you know, ever do that to anyone again, and then to transition, I suppose. Um, 
which anyone that's played a lot of Metal Gear, it's really not that far-fetched that this would be something that Kojima would do. You know, he kept saying things like, um, you know, when you find out what this uh, quiet character story is, you're just going to really be um, really upset that you're critiquing me. So I want to talk a little bit about this issue and how much the media gets wrong on this. Um, Transgender issues are almost always blown in the video game world. Um, You know, it was really done poorly with Poison. Um, You know, issues like cloud cross-dressing in Final Fantasy VII was done in a really horrific, terrible way. Um, Characters like Bridget in Guilty Gear are done in horrific ways. And the problem is, like, you're dealing with people who have so little information about this subject that um, they end up, like, really you know, putting some harmful stereotypes out there. It's not often that when you make a creative choice that you could kill someone from that creative choice. But this is absolutely the case with transphobic jokes. Um, Again, 40% of transgender people attempt suicide, like in a real serious way over the course of their lives. And, you know, before my friend Evelyn committed suicide, this was five years ago, Her last words to me were, Brie, I can't imagine living a life without dignity. You know, Evelyn was only 19 years old. And, you know, she was so broken by the experiences that happened to her. And because everything in society told her that her true self was a joke constantly, she in turn internalized that message and couldn't accept herself and um, ended up overdosing on amitriptyline uh, and froze to death on a Boston roof where, um, you know, her parents eventually found her. This is a really serious issue. So I I just kind of want to debunk a few things about this. It is true that some people that have been sexually abused, um, some male children that have been sexually abused, there is a phenomenon where sometimes they do kind of confuse themselves with being transgender. Uh, It's an extremely, 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 extremely rare phenomenon, but it does happen. WPATH are standards that are put into place to stop this exact issue from happening. You go in, you talk to a therapist, they they talk through these issues and they make sure that's not the reason that you're doing this. The the DSM actually has specific safeguards in place for this exact issue. So, you know, just talking about this this theory of metal gear, if Kojima if this character of Chico did do this and suffer this, uh, you know, transitioning would not be the proper course of action for this character. Um, you know, it would be therapy. So, you know, that's one issue. Um, and secondly, it really bothers me that when we see transgender characters, you know, portrayed in video games, um, it's always hyper, hyper sexualized. Like the only way you know, video gamers will accept your character's gender identity is if you happen to be ridiculously hot. Um, you're like, look at Poison. I think she's gorgeous. Um, but yeah, that's clearly a hyper-sexualized character. So kind of continuing this trend over with Quiet is um, it's just a tremendously damaging stereotype for, you know, any number of reasons. It, this is one of these things where someone that has no idea what they're talking about 
is kind of putting forth some things that are going to kind of perpetuate, if true, the abuse of this one community. And, you know, I have a lot of transgender people that follow me on Twitter, and they appreciate me speaking out on these issues in the industry. And I want to say flat out, this is wrong. And I also want to say that we as an industry have to get to a point where we're not adding to that dehumanization of transgender people that caused my friend Evelyn to take her own life. Beautifully said, Brie. Thank you. I guess I would ask, I know that you've played a lot of the other Metal Gear games, and I mm-hmm. notoriously have not. But Really? There, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I haven't you've, either. Uh, you've mentioned to me before that I should, although... Um, after hearing about the things that happened in, it's called Ground Zeroes, right? Last mm-hmm. year, I yeah. was really turned off by it. And in hearing this stuff, I'm I'm honestly really turned off by playing any of even the old games. But is there anything in the old games that is even remotely on this level of horrific? Like what? Well, well why would you still recommend playing them? It's, I guess? it's really tough. Like, because if you take Meryl Silverberg, you know, she is, she came about in an era where there weren't a lot of really powerful, fleshed out women in video games. And she is fully a self-actualized character. Um, like a really full three-dimensional character. Sniper Wolf is beautifully, beautifully, like, told as a person. And, you know, like, we've taken some critique with Revolution 60 for, you know, sexualized character designs, but we've always put the person first. And that's something I feel like Kojima does. On the other hand, you know, like, Maddie, I don't have to sell you on the way rape is used as a really horrifically overused trope. In, in popular media, Metal Gear is beyond guilty of this. So there's like this, um, it's really weird because there's this dynamic of empowerment and showing, you know, women as people. But at the same time, it's it's really the same as this, you know, possible Chico quiet theory, right? So... Yeah, which which seems like it's born out of people who are extremely ignorant to trans lives and mm-hmm. the risks there. And yep. they... Usually, I often see that framed as a joke, like a trans person is framed as a joke, usually a trans woman because of mm-hmm. trans misogyny. Um, and this is not not very different from a lot of the other quote unquote jokes that that would be in, you know, lines said about poison in past games and about Bridget and Guilty Gear and stuff. So this is like a more this is more horrific i think what you're describing than than even the poison stuff that i've seen although it's possible i haven't seen all of it this is really bad this especially is worse given than where yeah. i feel like we're at now like this year at least in the states like since laverne cox is very famous now a lot of people are sort of like talking about trans issues more and like janet mock is pretty famous as a commentator now and Caitlyn Jenner, obviously. So there's sort of been occasion to have conversations with your elderly relatives and be like, oh, <laughs> trans people exist. Let me explain to you, Grandpa, why you're being really transphobic or whatever it may be. Um, so, it, I mean, obviously those conversations are happening and indicate that, like, there's still a lot of ignorance. And even among people my age, like, I'm often having to correct uh, friends of friends on these issues and kind of stepping in and being like, Oh, actually what you said is really offensive and hurtful. And like, I know you didn't know that, but like, here's why you can't say that and stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I think 
it's probably ignorance, but it sucks because it's ignorance that can really, really hurt people. And like you talked about the suicide rates, but um, it's probably also worth mentioning that like a lot of the rates of death for trans people, especially trans women is uh, being killed uh, by other people like hate crimes uh, because Uh they are considered not normal. And um, so that's a serious danger for them as well. So these jokes normalize that for people who want to commit a hate crime and like, that's not okay at all. So yeah, I don't know the statistics on that, but they're very high. And it's, depressing. it's the highest of any yeah, cohort yeah. I've it's seen. It's higher than for trans men. It's higher yeah. than for, for gay men and women. So it's, it's really I, I feel like I also have to say this, uh, you know, Anita Sarkeesian very famously came out and said, you know, trans women are women period end of discussion. And, you know, I think there's an underlying um, calculus that, you know, cisgendered women have. And I think that often cisgendered women, even ones that claim to be supportive of trans rights, feel that, you know, they own womanhood. And I don't agree with that. I think that, you know, cisgender women do not own femininity. They don't own the idea of being a woman and they don't have the only perspective there. So I think that it's really important that, you know, that these conversations happen and they're included. Um, And I just really, really, really want to stress this. Um, you know, in 2015, you know, I, I called out Pebble for doing a really transphobic tweet um, this weekend. I nearly met with them in New York to because their marketing people reached out to me because I brought a little bit of hellfire their way. <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, what I would say to you is, look, it is 2015 and it is on you to go educate yourself on this stuff. You know, I have a a transgender friend that she has a shirt and she says, here I am, your teachable moment. And it's a sarcastic comment over the fact that she's constantly asked to educate cisgendered people on this stuff. It's not right. So, you know, go out there. There's information. Like, read up on this stuff. It's honestly not that complicated. So, you know, it will make you a better person. And I know if you listen isometric, you're invested in being a better person already. Yeah, definitely. And like, cis people out there (laughs) need to just stop talking and like Google stuff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And like, that's, that's true for pretty much any issue where somebody else is part of a marginalized identity and you're not part of it. Like, just like sit back and listen to what they have to say like i i have never felt like i've gone wrong by doing that ever yeah 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 and this will probably be the be the first and last time that i recommend a show on tlc to this <laughs> audience uh but there's a, sh- a series and i'm hoping it stays like this and doesn't go down like the 19 kids and counting route but there's a series that just started on tlc called i am jazz which is um, oh yeah, yeah yeah which is uh going through a um a transgender preteen as she's going into high school and kind of a lot of what she's dealing with. And like, they go through the conversations, like they actually show some of the conversations, like her mother's having with the grandparents about terminology that they should definitely never, ever be using ever. I have several friends now who are trans, though I wasn't really aware of any of this until really a couple of years ago, to be honest. And, you know, I've, brought myself up to speed in a hurry, but there are still things that maybe you wouldn't be comfortable asking anybody, or even if you would be comfortable asking, you probably shouldn't. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe and, don't ask. Yeah. But this, but this kind of goes through. If you wouldn't through, want someone to yeah. ask you, 
Right. Yeah. Don't ask. Yeah. Others. So they, but they do kind of address it in a way that's tasteful and educational, and it's, uh, it's probably worth your time, even if you're, even if you think you know everything, uh, it's probably worth your time to watch that show anyway, unless it takes a horrible turn, which hopefully it, it doesn't seem like it's that kind of show. Um, but I, I, we watched the first episode, Maury and I, because you know we watch reality TV a lot because that's what we do, and. Um, but especially, especially because, you know, of the subject matter and it it ended up being, uh, really sweet and really, really kind of enlightening also. So that's cool. I I mean, like it's, it's interesting because I feel like we've seen some other, you know, examples in media elsewhere besides games where there are stories by trans people or for them or about them that are like a little better, but I, in games um there are there are some really good twine games but like not a lot of mainstream games in mainstream games i would give our industry an f on the subject (laughs) i i would yeah so uh that's not great but um yeah so if you're out there and you make a mainstream game and you want to do a better job then maybe do some research and hire trans people and care yeah Yeah. cool all right um (laughs) Or nope. Georgia, did you want to say anything? Or? Yeah, Georgia, you've been quiet. What, what do you think? I think that we often lose our humanity because we have become so easily judgmental and, and everything becomes the butt of um, another joke. And with a group of people that are so effortlessly marginalized, cruelly treated, um, it is horrific, like things that you would not do to the most hated person on the earth people go through. And so I think that we really do need to take a step back and think about, you know, walking a few steps in someone else's shoes. What must that be like? And, you know, think about like the way that we portray people on the screen, on television, and especially by, by through a video game where you're actually enacting and seeing other things happen, which certain things you have control over and certain things that you don't, it does change the culture of how um, accepted things are going to be or not. And I think that we're making better strides recently, um, and I think that that's because people have been standing up, have been speaking out, uh, taking a whole bunch of shrapnel because of that. But I think that we need to, to you know, open up the discussion so that I think that people need to spend more time listening instead of, um, spending more time talking about things that they don't know because that's what you need. What is it like? Mm-hmm. And also like when you're a cis person hanging out with your cis friends, like what you can do in that situation is call your friends out when they make jokes that aren't cool. Um, that's something small you can do. And it, it's really, really hard to do, but people always ask like, what can I do to, to help and be supportive? Like that's something you can do. It's really freaking hard. So like start doing that. <laughs> if you really want to feel helpful for once and <laughs> then yeah. that'll, that'll yeah. be a good way to do it. Yeah. And that feeling of just being welcomed, like it's, it's just, it, it takes so little, just like everyone just wants to be accepted and cared about and given respect, dignity and privacy. Is, is that really too much to ask, no matter what someone is there, you know, whatever they, they believe their gender is, whatever they believe their, their sex is, whatever they believe their preference is for anything, that's their right. Why should anyone else say, no, that is not the case? It's, it's ridiculous. It's no one's business. It's truly no one's business. And so I think that we need to spend more time just being accepting. 
I I don't think it's that simple. I mean, I think um, there are a lot of policy problems. I mean, like, it's easy to talk about, you know, oh, let's be kumbaya and be accepting. Um, You know, it is almost universally legal to, you know, fire trans people. It is, uh, you know, almost universal, like, you know, marriage rights are still being adjudicated. Um, Well, it depends where you live, right? Because in Canada, it's not the case. But I'm just saying, overall, this is, these are, these are fun... (laughs) These are yeah. things that are being adjudicated, yeah. you know, especially access to health care is a yes. really big mm-hmm. one. That's a really you know? big one, yeah. So, yes. Um, yes. you know, I also think, like, you know, the media tends to concentrate on stories like jazz. And, you know, like, that girl is absolutely precious. I wish her nothing but, but the best. Or, you know, like, Caitlyn Jenner. Like, I yeah. wish her nothing but the best. But, you know, at the same time, like, it's um, one of the reasons I actually had this conversation with Pebble. Like, generally speaking, is the society praised Caitlyn Jenner, like, oh, she looks great, she looks great, she looks great. Do you know what she had done to her jaw? Do you know what that surgery is? So what they do is they take off the lower half of your face, and then they take your jaw, and then they get a bone saw, and they cut it straight down the middle, and then they get a bone saw and cut out an inch-long chunk on both sides, and then they get a piano wire, like a kind of surgical piano wire, and like tie it back together, and then sand it off and put some surgical putty on there, and then stick your lower face back on, and then do a lower facelift because there's so much skin left there. And yeah, there's no shame against her if she wants to do you know, facial feminization surgery, more power to her. But I think it's really cruel. This is a, a really good example of cisgendered mm-hmm. people being cruel and not yes. realizing it. Yes. So when yes. you make that the norm, the issue. you are yeah. asking someone to go do something is beyond painful and beyond expensive and yeah. beyond But isn't that the sad part though, Brie, is that that's what's become you know, how beautiful she is. So what if, you know, someone's transgender and doesn't want to go through all those surgeries and doesn't look like the stereotypical beauty, which most women don't look like anyways. And then that becomes the story of it, it just the transition from being male to female. And now it's all about looks. And it's such a sad state of our culture right now that that's the issue where it really shouldn't be the issue. But that's what all the articles are talking about. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's disgusting. Her looks. Immediately yeah. her looks are yeah. centered. Suddenly yeah. it's, it's not any of the other qualities, characteristics, strength and courage and everything. Though there are articles on that. Not all are not. But a huge bunch is about, you know. How beautiful and fabulous. And she does look beautiful and fabulous. But But there's also the issue of, you know, and this is where, I mean, this is where we're all growing. I had no clue about non-binary stuff, you know, even up until this year. I just never thought about that. And like very unconsciously, you know, I've used language like, um, you know, both sexes, right? Where there are lots of people that just don't want to identify with either. And the surgery is not going to help them, right? Like uh, early like puberty blockers like you know, Jazz has had is not going to help them. Although sometimes so, they do still use that stuff too because it's Sometimes it's a huge better. spectrum. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, this is where praising Caitlyn Jenner's looks, who, by the way, I don't know a lot of trans people. They're super jazzed about her. That's a whole yeah, different well, thing. Yeah, well, she has a ton of money. And like that's not true for most people. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, my point with, is overall, like, video games are really, really, really failing on this subject. And as as bullying as video game culture can be, I just, I really hope this isn't true. 
um, that this is what Kojima is doing because it's just one of the most like for the public to get this idea in their mind that trans people are you know young boys that have been sexually you know molested or, or sexually abused like that's just it's unconscionable right like and it's just it's it's just another way that our industry is just it's like it's run by teenage boys sometimes right I just I it's I really hope it's not true. But even sometimes it's just the little things too. Like um, my friend Nick, after we talked about Splatoon and we, we had a long conversation about how great Splatoon is and how the girl is the, the primary default choice and, and all that. And what he said was, well, I found that actually really exclusionary because it makes you choose one or the other. Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't identify too, either. I was playing actually. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's cool when okay, so like Saints Row has the slider so that you can actually like do not a non binary character in Saints Row and some of the Saints Row games anyway, Saints Row Two at least. Saints so Row like, Two, yeah. Yeah. So that's like an example that's why a lot of people like Saints Row, because it has a gender slider as opposed to one or the other, which is pretty neat. But you know I just rather games have something that's gender neutral. Like really Right. Like, like having the option it, to do that. Yeah. We'll just have it be just a character like like um in um uh Ori in the Blind Forest. Yeah. Like characters just kind of like neutral. You don't really know You know um, Georgia. And it I doesn't really matter. I've seen non binary people praising that game for that exact reason. Yeah. Like talking about how it has a non binary character and how they yeah. really liked it. But then so, yeah. but then Georgia, see this is where you you know like you can miss a perspective there because then the opposite perspective of that is for it to not be known for someone that would be, you know, classically transgender, that would be very disruptive for them. So it's like, do you see what I mean? Like these are not easy issues with easy solutions here. And, you know, I, I don't think every single game needs to cater to absolutely every single audience. Um, yeah. And this is where Brianna's, 3D hack goes on. If you're using morph targets, it has a lot of technical consequences down the line. So I I guess I'm just saying, like, even if every game can't deliver that experience, at the least you can not go out of your way to, like, put your boot on their face, right? So, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, Nick's Nick's point with Splatoon was all they had to do was just leave the tags off the bottom and just have them be choose between the two models. And that would have been that would have been enough because you can tell that one is more a girl and one is more a boy, but you can kind of sure. project whatever you wanted to onto it. Yeah. But. Cool. All right. We should move on quickly to what we're playing. So Georgia, you, you visited uh, the wilds of Maine, uh, presu- presumably to buy a Wii U in the, in the States. And um... yeah. Okay. <laughs> so did you play anything while you were off uh, shooting rifles in the, in the woods in Maine or was that right. the only thing you played? I did actually. Well, funny. I went to an old arcade and it had, the first thing I played was, you know those old games where they used to have the rifles? I know. I, I went to Maine and I was like, shooting rifles all day. So it had the game where you have, like, the actual rifle and you get to shoot. And they, like, when you shoot the target, like, everything moves. So it was the first thing I played, which I thought was just fun because I haven't played that since I was a child. And then I want to talk about this really – I have never seen this game before. And I thought that I've seen every single old-school video arcade game. And it was from Namco. Um, and it was called Flamin' Finger. And I know, strange. And so you put in your quarter and it gives you a maze. And then there's a touch-sensitive screen and you try to use your finger to go through the maze as quickly as you can without getting total rug burn on your finger and make it to the end of the maze. Not really fun, but it was just really cool because I have not seen a game like that ever. I've never seen it before. And it's from Namco, so like 
really big video game producer, and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, there was a game called, I think, was it not Godfinger? There was a game, Maze Finger, that NG Moko put out. That was one of the very first iOS games. I don't know if it's still on the, on the store or not. That sounds very similar to that. So maybe you can go look for that and put that on your phone and then be able to play that very sophisticated game wherever you are. No, I found it stressful. I'm done. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I played it twice and I was like, you know what? No, but I thought that it was it was just an interesting game because I'd never seen it before. Okay. Cool. All right. So, Bree, what are you playing this week? Destiny? Uh, no, no. <laughs> I've, I've actually been in New York for half the week. Um, so I did give Heroes of the Storm a long, long chance uh, on the train and on the train back. Um you know, I I truly do not see where the game innovates. I know we got some mail that we're probably not going to be able to get into. Um, yeah, I've tried Kerrigan, I've tried Nova, I've um, you know, I've tried uh, you know, Jaina. If you like that kind of game, um, I I think it's a really well made execution of that concept. I think a lot of the innovation is each level has like its own little game that you can play to help get ahead. Um, but I've, I've just, I've really tried to give it a fair shake. Like I changed my mind on super smash later and I just, I can't get into it. Um, I did finally buy, um, final fantasy 10 remastered for PlayStation four. I've been playing that a bunch. Um, you know, God, I, this is, I'll just say it. Um, you know, when Final Fantasy X first came out, I was in rehab, actually. Um, I played a lot of it um, when I was coming down off of Ambien. So um, what was really interesting to me is, even though I beat that game and have vague memories of it, uh, it was truly like playing it for the first time, most of it. So um, I'm, I'm really enjoying that so far. Um, also, I am still spending a lot of time on Final Fantasy XIV, I love that game. I think it's excellent. And uh, I hope some isometric listeners will reach out to me and play it with me. Uh, and Maddie, what are you playing this week? Um, okay, so I moved, which I talked about on this show, and I've been inviting a bunch of people over to look at my place. If anybody wants to, you can, um, <laughs> if you know me. And uh, so a lot of people have been hanging out, and that means that we've been playing a bunch of Mario Kart <laughs> because the oh, game that people don't know how to play or don't you know know how to play kind of but like don't want to like deal with the specifics of is mario kart i guess like so i haven't played mario kart since we talked about it on the show so like ages but this week i've been playing a ton of mario kart and it's been really weird to like suddenly get back into it um and also yeah yeah mario kart 8 is is still really good and it was fun to like have it all come back to me um and remember how to do the little jump move and Uh, all that other stuff so yeah that game's still really good and it was fun to do so and also just like a brief shout out um i have like this there's a guy i know who's like one of zach's friends and he like goes through girlfriends like tissues and um they're all really really cool girls and he's like a total gamer and um he's like one of these these guy friends who i'm always like okay so maybe if i just like say feminist stuff around him he'll like slowly absorb it you know what i mean so <laughs> i'm like it's like a really long con uh so so anyway uh this guy uh brought a girl over to my place and um she was like oh yeah i play i play a few games like whatever i'm i'm like not a big gamer and i was like yeah yeah okay sure let's let's play some super smash cuz i like didn't think she would be able to handle the real stuff she kicked my butt at super smash really Yes, and she no. was so good that I was like, "Oh, I see what's happening here." She's downplaying. <laughs> she played you. 
She's You've downplaying how good she is at games because she knows she's dating this huge gamer guy. And I like <laughs> really felt for her. Uh. And like I talked to her a little bit and she like admitted that she like played a bunch of Mortal Kombat and stuff. And I was like, you, yeah, I don't know. So anyway, <laughs> they've never been on another date again. She's gone forever. Oh I'll God. probably never see her again <laughs> in my lifetime. <laughs> so I just want to say like if that girl's out there, I just want to say you were really cool. And I, yeah, don't date that guy. Good luck, lady. Okay. You kill it. You kill it. That's it. That's my uh, story. Oh, well, that's a that's a lovely. That's <laughs> also, a lovely tale. I used to be that girl, and you don't have to be that girl. You don't have to like date a guy who you feel like you have to downplay how good you are at games. <laughs> you shouldn't downplay anything. I know. You know. I liked that she at least still played really well. She didn't like pretend like she was going to lose or something. Although, even when she won, she was like, "Oh wow," <laughs> and I was like, "Um, you're really good." <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. What you been playing, Steve? Well, I have I have not had a very good gaming week this week. Um, so I was playing a lot of Heroes of the Storm until I rage quit today after somebody told me to kill myself because I wasn't good enough. I saw your tweets about oh, that. No. Yeah. Um, so I'm really sorry. I closed it and I haven't played. I was like earlier today and I haven't been up to opening it up again and i don't know i you know and i feel like on the one hand it's kind of mild because i know what some other people go through on the other hand i it just made me feel that sucks don't yeah yeah it sucks it made me feel so terrible about myself even though i knew it was on him but it's still like i wasn't prepared for how awful it made me feel about myself and i haven't been able to bring myself to open it up again after that oh that's that is like the worst story steve i'm so sorry that's disgusting yeah so i I put a thing up on my blog just because i was so angry i just needed to get something out but um so that is kind of there and then i've i've just been i've been in a funk like i've been playing a little of a lot of things and nothing's really stuck and i guess the thing that i've spent the most playing was geometry wars 3 which came out on the vita (laughs) oh no not a yay (laughs) because i don't I, i don't get it like i don't not that i don't get geometry wars i played a ton of geometry wars um and geometry wars 2 i thought was a fantastic game and I feel like they added a bunch of stuff to Geometry Wars 3 because they needed to add stuff. And I feel like they've kind of ruined the game in the process. Mm-hmm. Like, they they have these boss battles that you pretty much have to clear to unlock any of the other modes. I've been stuck on this, the second boss battle, for like a week. And I can't do it. I don't know what's wrong with me that I can't do it. And it's just like the point where it's if I do beat it, it's not going to be like, oh, I feel like really accomplished. It's going to be like... I can't believe I spent all that time doing it. I never want to do that again. So it's like, I don't, I, I know that on the I, the iOS version is probably better just because it gets the controls right, which a lot of those games don't. But like after having played like a lot of Geometry Wars 2, I don't see this being an upgrade over that. And, and it, it feels like a pretty big downgrade to me, actually, with all the stuff that they kind of layered on that they didn't have to because Geometry Wars doesn't really need it. And it was really good as it was. So I did see a lot of people saying that they thought that all the other ports besides the iOS port, which is admittedly the only one I've played, so I can't speak to this, but I did hear that people really didn't like the other ports and that weirdly they thought that the iOS controls were easier. I realize that doesn't help you now, but at least it might explain why Brie and I liked it. Yeah, it wasn't just the controls, though. It's also like... where they do the weird thing where you're on a cube and you can't see around and and it really screws up your peripheral vision and like the whole metagame of having to unlock drones and bring the right drone into the right level and like it's just like a lot of stuff that geometry wars 2 was kind of perfect and didn't really need so anyway i don't know i i didn't mind it but probably just because the controls didn't bother me so that stuff didn't bother me either but yeah i don't know yeah i don't know 
But anyway, so well. hopefully next week will be better. So, all right. So uh, does anybody have anything for housekeeping this week? I know we covered the big news. Oh, wow. Uh, God. Brie was yeah. like yeah, Brie was news. Brie was like the, was... Que- the queen of blog her over the last couple of days. That's true. Yeah, so it was a really, really big week for me. Um, you know, I was brought out for Blogger, which uh, if you're in tech, I would really, really highly recommend going to. Um, I think it's really easy to kind of get stuck in our own kind of games world media bubble. And this was a much, much, much bigger venue. Um, I have to tell you, like, it's a really cool professional feeling when you're about to go on stage in front of a huge crowd of people and you look out on who is before you come out to give the keynote. And it's like, oh, that's Christy Tarlington. <laughs> <laughs> so, awesome. That was a really good feeling. That's and awesome. then um so I went out there and Joanna Stern, which is one of my like professional like idols. Um, you know, she's a digital reporter for the Wall Street Journal. I professionally like respected her for a really long time. Uh, she did a panel with me that was just wonderful. Uh, it was on CNN. That was really big. Um, I was, did we recorded isometric last week when the Playboy thing happened? No, we hadn't actually. That's right. It's been, it's been so long. I for, I forgot that we hadn't talked about that. Yeah. So I can't I even, we did, this is we so, can talk about it all right. No, no, I no. Like I don't even did. remember. Did we? Okay, no, no, mind. we did it. We definitely did not. Okay. Maybe I just okay. had a dream. It was like Monday did. that that came out. So I don't right, know anything right. that you're talking about. So yeah. oh, really? Okay. So then I don't think we did, or I wasn't there. All right. Playboy <laughs> did an article on uh, six women that are, are whipping the game industry into shape, and uh, I made that along with my friend Anna McGill, and I wouldn't call her my friend, but I know her professionally. You know, Rihanna Pratchett, who you know I deeply admire. So it was really awesome to be on that list. I'd say it's really weird to like be reading an article about yourself, like because you're a feminist and then to like scroll down the page and it's like hey click this video and subscribe to see <laughs> things about the girls jumping on trampolines and then my other impulse with that is like I really, really, really want to like go buy that issue of Playboy and mail it to my parents because it's like hey oh, hey dad it's like oh. porn oh. me and feminism yeah all in know. one thing. <laughs> right here in Playboy. I don't know about that, three. Yeah. Here you go. I don't know. Here you that go. One you Are you proud of me now? Think twice. Proud of me now? And they they linked they linked to to us too in that in that blurb too, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. really nice. Yeah. 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 If I'm true. Good. Yeah, I think I, I, I think I saw that. So I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I was also I did a bunch of media this week. I know I should be remembering it. It's just you can throw me you can throw me a bunch of links tomorrow if you want to. It'll come to me later. Okay. So, yeah. Sorry. All right. Well, you, uh, you know, people know how to find you anyway. So yeah. <laughs> and, or we can tell them how to find us. So you can, uh, <laughs> you can always find the show notes for all the links to everywhere that Brie has been and the rest of us and all the things that we've talked about at our relay.fm slash isometric or at isometricshow.com. Uh, you can, as always, uh, rate and review the show on iTunes. That helps us out a ton. Um, you can send us feedback via email. We got some really great feedback that we weren't, we don't have time to get to this week, but maybe we'll be able to address in a future show, both about uh, Heroes of the Storm and about New Super Mario Brothers U that maybe we'll be able to get to, get to talk to in a uh, in another episode. But we do read everything that you send us. Um, just make sure it's nice, please. Or at least not not horrible. <laughs> we read that stuff too, though. We, I read that stuff. It doesn't make it. It doesn't make it to to Brie Maddie in Georgia. So you know, spare my eyes. But uh, really, you get angry comments about no, me. No, but if we did, I wouldn't send them to you. They're all about Steve. That's so Keep sweet, sending Steve. Mean comments, Steve, about Steve. You're so sweet. Steve. That's the nicest thing I've heard. We get filtered comments. That's so cute. 
So you might as well not send them. Because yeah, don't send them because they're not. Gonna, I'm the only one who's going to see it, and you know, I, you know, I, I no don't. No one's care. really angry at Steve. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I have kids. I've heard worse. That's um, <laughs> true. So uh, we are, as always, part of the Amazing Relay.fm network, where you can hear Bree's other show on Technology Rocket. Um, we didn't get to talk about Sitaro Awada this week, but. Um, virtual, our sister show had a really touching tribute to him that you should go and check out also. Um, and all the fantastic shows on relay are worth listening, worth subscribing to. And, um, you can also find all of us on Twitter. The show's account is at isometric show. I am at wicked good and Bree, where can people find you? I need to get out of here and see Ant-Man and space cat gal. Okay. <laughs> and Maddie. Samus clone on Twitter. And Georgia. Georgia underscore Dow. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you, as always, <laughs> for listening. Thank you to Hover again for sponsoring the show. And hasta la vista, baby. Yeah,